Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I want to share this message with you today. I believe it is a uh, a, a message, a right now message, not for last week, not for next week. It's for this week. It's for right now. It's for today. Um, I, I want you to understand what, what God is doing today. I want us to understand it so we can receive it. There, there are some, some key roads intersecting in your spiritual journey this morning while you're here. There's some very important uh, avenues through which God works that are intersecting today. One of those things, and, and I don't have time to really go through this, it's, it's, it's weeks of teaching, is the, is the law of first things that you have walked into today just by being here. Scripture is full of, of directives from God about what we do first. One of the synonyms for tithe is first fruits. In other words, God gets the first. We don't, the tithe isn't just any tenth, it's the first tenth. Here's what I want you to see. The Bible is very clear that whatever is given to God first releases a blessing on everything that follows. So the first is the multiplier factor in your life. How many heard what I just said? What you give God first is what God can multiply. What you give God first is what he can bless. The Bible says if the root is blessed, the fruit is blessed. So today, you may not have understood it, but I want you to understand now, you just walked into a moment on the first day of a new year where you came to worship God and what we're doing right now releases his blessing on the other 364 days of this year. You just walked into a covenant principle with God today by being here. You put him first and his blessing is on the rest of this year for you. So that's a key thing. I could say more about that. But the next thing I want you to see where these things are intersecting, they're, they're multiplying. They are, there are layers of blessing on you today. Someone say amen to that. There are layers of anointing on this moment that we're in right now. It's not just a day on a calendar. And, and it's, it's a word that, that the scripture uses in the Greek and the New Testament. It's a kairos moment. It's a appointed moment that we are in right now. So we see the principle of first fruits. And what I really want to share with you uh, as we look at this, go ahead and turn to Leviticus 23, is the other principle is God's timing and God's purposes. So we've intersected here today with the principle of first things and the principle of God's timing and purposes. All right. Someone say timing and purposes. So I want you to understand this. God does not necessarily Fulfill his promises or develop his purposes by days or weeks or months or years. That's our calendar. Everybody with me? That's our calendar. And some people feel like uh, because they don't understand God's calendar. Just because it's January 1, something's going to change. That's not true. How many are with me? Don't raise your hand, but to just verify what I'm saying is how many of you, don't raise your hand, have ever made New Year's resolutions and you didn't get to January 31st with that? Okay. So, so in other words, that was based off of man's calendar. It was only as strong as a man. 
God doesn't work on my calendar. God works by divine appointments. Okay, you understand the difference of that? I believe the day is significant, not just because it's January 1, but because we have walked into an intersection of God's appointed purpose and time. So let's look at this, just a couple of things I want you to see, just to lay this groundwork. Does everybody understand what I'm sharing with you today? There's nothing magic about January 1, but there's something divine about the timing and purposes of God. So we, let's look at this. Leviticus 23, just, just I want to show you this word and, 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 and get this concept for us today. Leviticus 23, 4. Uh, this is the Old Testament. This is the law being established. Even then, watch the appointments of God. Verse 4. These are the Lord's appointed feasts. The sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. So... These seven feasts that God gave Israel to worship him with, he says here, are appointments. They are not just holidays, they're appointments. They were prophetic to such a degree. Now, these feasts are fulfilled in Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. We, we don't worship and observe the seven Jewish feasts because they were fulfilled in Jesus. But they were prophetic. He was crucified on the feast of unleavened bread. He are, are, are on the Passover. He was crucified on Passover. He was buried at sundown. The Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. So the beginning of the next day, he was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He was resurrected on the day of first fruits. The Holy Spirit was outpoured on the day of Pentecost. You understand that? These are appointed times. They're not just holidays. God's prophetic anointing are on these appointed times. Everybody understand me with that. Look at Genesis 18 and verse 14. We're looking at appointed times. Someone say appointed times. Genesis 18. I'm really not in my message yet. I'm introducing. Come on, stay with me because I want to get there. I want you to see it's not a calendar man makes. It's an appointment God establishes that changes your life. Genesis 18 and verse 14. You know, God had made Abram and Sarah promise, right? That you're going to have a son. You're going to have a child. They waited quite a while for this promise to be fulfilled. Why did they wait? Chapter 18, verse 14 of Genesis. This is what they said to them. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, you got this? You see that? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time. Someone say appointed time. Next year and Sarah will have a son. Was God late? No. God was right on time. Did it fit Abraham's calendar? Probably not. Has God ever been off George Sawyer's calendar? Yes. But he's never missed an appointment with me. And so what I have to understand is to my, for my life to work, I need to line up with the appointments in my life. I need to recognize the appointments with God in my life. How many are listening to me today? I'm telling you today is one of those appointments. I'm saying that in today and according to your faith and how you respond. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit just if confirmed to us is how this day is going to develop in our life. Let me give you one more on this and then we're going to, we're going to move into what I want to illustrate. Look at Galatians 6, 9. Let's go in the New Testament and see this same thing. This principle is, is, uh, established. Throughout the word, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Here's a familiar verse, but I want you to see the appointment uh, that, that's associated with this. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. 
going to read this in, in two translations. The NIV says, let us not become weary in, in, in doing nothing. Oh, so while you're waiting, you need to be doing something. <laughs> okay. Now, a lot of people are good at doing nothing. Well, I'm already preaching. But he says, don't become weary in doing good. For when at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, now look at this from the Amplified Translation. Look at this. Let's see this. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly. Come on. And doing right. For in due time. And when? At the appointed season, we shall reap. If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Come on. I, I, I think you need to read that out loud with me. Someone today has been thinking about losing heart. Come on, listen to me. But you came. Congratulations. Some of you had to work on getting here today. But you came. Congratulations. It wasn't easy, but you did it. So let's read it. You ready? And read it with me. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint. In acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. All right. We have a divine appointment and we are here today because we have not fainted or given up or let go of our grip. Now your grip may have slipped. But grab it a little tighter right now. Come on. We, we've got something we're moving to. We're in this appointment. Let me, uh, well, let's go to, I, I've got a lot of scripture here. I want to read this. So let's go to Isaiah 43 verse 18. Isaiah 43, 18. I'm just showing this. So here's where we're moving. Let, I had to give you that to get to the verses everybody usually reads on January 1st. Okay. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Are you ready? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Look at the next word. When is it going to spring up? Now. But what do I need to do? Perceive it. I'm making what a way. Where? Right where you are. He didn't say wait till everything gets clean. I'm going to do it in the wilderness. I'm going to open up something new. I'm going to make a way in the desert. I'm going to give you a stream in the middle of your wasteland. I'm going to open water out of the rock when there's water not anywhere. We need to stop waiting on perfection and start recognizing the presence of God will make a way where I am in the midst of. Say in the midst of. You're about to see God prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. See, everybody's been wanting the people that are mean to leave you alone. Maybe they need to hang around to watch God bless you in the middle of their doubt and unbelief in your life. So what we're understanding is God said, stop waiting on it. I'm going to do it now where you are in the desert, in the wilderness. But notice verse 18, forget the former thing. There's some things you and I are going to have to do to move into the new things. Everybody with me? Let's go to Philippians 3 verse 12. Philippians 3 12. A lot of scripture, but I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. Philippians 3 and verse number 12. Now, preceding these verses I'm about to read. In, in Philippians, uh, in this third chapter, Philippians 3 12. Paul says, you know, he says, God's done a lot of things in my life. I'll paraphrase. 
He said, God's been faithful. God called me, pulled me out of my uh, of Judaism and, and, and my legalism and my ritual and religion. And he radically changed my life. And this is Paul locked up in prison, by the way, writing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is a man who's gone and preached the gospel in the name of Jesus to, to regions that had never heard the good news. And he comes and he boils it down in the verses preceding what we're about to read. And he says, you know, the one, the one thing I want to do, the one passion of my life is not see how many people I've preached to. It's not how many books of the Bible I've written. Come on, that's some pretty, that's a pretty high, you know, job description. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Very rare air he's in. He said, my goal, my identity, what I want to be uh, known for is not how many books of the Bible I wrote, how many people I preached, how many victories that I want. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know him. I read that and I think, dear God, did you not know him? I'm in Paul. You, you had visions of heaven that God said you can't even talk about. He was, he was given revelation that was so unique he couldn't tell anyone about it. This man had been a persecutor of the church, was radically saved on a journey to throw Christians in jail. This man was fearless and powerful and mighty and miracles and signs and wonders and and a missionary apostle. And he said, at the end of my journey, there's one thing I want. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I'm willing to know him in the suffering of the cross. In other words, he said, I want to die to myself. At the end of the day, I want to know him. What a passion. So he comes through that to introduce what we're going to read, which falls in line with everything we've been reading in these last few minutes. This is what he says. This is where you and I are going to find our appointment today. He says... Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Look at this. But one thing I do. This man was focused on what mattered. You understand that? But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Straining toward what is ahead. What do we read over there in Isaiah? Forgetting those things. You see this commonality of language? Forgetting what is behind. Straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 12 with me again. Not that I have already obtained all this. The, the picture is, I, I, I don't, it's not all in my hand yet. I'm reaching for it, but there's still more there. You, you might have the picture of a rope. He said, I'm, I'm pulling the rope, but I'm not at the end of it. You got me? I'm making some ground, but I'm not there. There, there's the picture. I, I, I'm holding it, but there's more. Everybody see that picture? He said, and, and look at these. He says, or have already been made perfect. We, we kind of, you know, don't know what to do with that word perfect. It literally means I, I want to carry through to completion. I'm, I'm under construction. Come on, how many are not who you used to be? That's a good question, isn't it? How many are not who you were when you got saved? I'm, I'm not just talking about what you do on Sunday morning. I'm talking about what you do Monday through Saturday. How many are not who you were when you got saved? 
All right. How many could say, I'm still under construction? Come on. Oh, yeah. How, how many are thankful the people around you are still under construction? Come on, tell the truth. So he said, I, I'm not perfect. I haven't obtained the, the end, but I'm moving there. Are you with me? I'm moving. See, he said, watch these words. He said, but I press on. It's an active word. Are you with me? I'm not just sitting down. Everything we've read is talking about action, decision, process. Are you with me? Direction. I press on. The picture is running with passion and expectation. I'm, I'm running. I'm not out for a spiritual stroll. Phyllis and I, we, we, part of our regimen we do is we, we walk for, for exercise. And, and there's all kind of walkers on our track. Some of them, I don't know really why they're out there. I guess they wanted some fresh air because they're sure not exercising. You know what I'm saying? They're just strolling. I mean, I've seen some people walk so slow, I'd fall over if I walked that slow. I couldn't keep my balance that slow. You know what I'm saying? And then, so I don't think they're pressing on. They're just hanging out. Some, you know, you know in the gym, have you ever seen those guys hanging out in the gym? They got all the gear on, wrist taped up, big leather belt. Bad. They walk around and talk for 55 minutes and lift weights for five minutes. Come on, you know, you've seen them, every one of them. Don't you? Don't you see them at the gym. They, they, last time they lifted a weight, they were 33 and they're way beyond that now. But they, they're walking around. You know what I'm saying? They all strutted up. You know, some men, some men could strut sitting down. But anyway, I'm going, so, so, so you know, you know what I mean. He, he says, so, so he said, you can go out for a stroll spiritually. And then there's some people there. You got me? And then there's some people, they just run it. I'm going to get God if it's the last thing I do. That's all I can run that far. That's it. That's all I got. I'm running with passion. Because what I'm after is worth my pursuit. I'm running with my energy. It's, I'm not out for a stroll. I've got to go. I'm here. He said, why? Because look at the verse. Look here. He says, I want to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, what is that? He said, he put me on this earth with a purpose. I'm not just here sucking up oxygen and occupying room and leaving a carbon footprint as everybody worries about. He said, I'm here to do the will of God. I want to take hold of that. I want to hear God say, well done to me. Go to verse 13. He says, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I'm not depending on my own strength. God is enabling me. Are you with me? God's enabling me to accomplish this. But here we go to the thing that used to hang me up. Then he says, are you with me in verse 13? But one thing I do. And then he says two things. Now, maybe some of you don't read the Bible like I do. I'm the son of an architect, an engineer, I think on a linear plane. And he said one thing. That means one thing to me. And then he said two things. Maybe you don't read the Bible like I do. I really pay attention when I read the Bible. I'm really looking to do what it says. So he said, but one thing I do. And then he said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That's two things, God. Am I the only person that has these issues? This one thing I do. I said, okay, this is going to be big. And then he said two things. And I said, God, I know you're not confused. It's me. So help me here. And really, 
They're two halves of one thing. You can't do one without the other to be successful. So, so, so if we're going to fulfill our purpose, if we're going to know Christ, if this life is going to be what God ordained it to be, and can I tell you something? If you live out the purpose of God in your life, you'll live your life at the highest level. It'll be better than any life you could ever have. It's worth anything you do to live and serve and obey God. But to do that, I have to do something. I have to forget what's behind me. And I have to reach for what's in front of me. See, I can't reach for this if my hand's full of that. I can't take hold of tomorrow if I'm holding on to what's here. So this one thing that allows me to move from where I am to the next place God has ordained for me. This one thing I have to understand at these divine crossroads, at these appointed moments... At these opportunities that God arranges in our life. When I stand there and recognize God has put something here. When I stand there and recognize my life can change in this moment. Is anyone listening to me? My life can change right now. I have to do this one thing. I have to make a decision. I'm going to let go of this so I can take hold of that. This might not be a bad thing. It might be an okay thing. But this is a better thing that God has in my life. So many times we are locked at the place of a new season because we are holding the hand of mediocrity. We are holding the hand of compromise. We are holding the hand of convenience. When God says over here is the answer to what you've been asking me for. But you have to have enough faith to let that go so you can take hold of what this is. That's the one thing. That's what pivots us. That's what turns us uh, in in this direction. So I I want you to see this. I want you to realize that, that, and guys, can you come help me here? That that Isaiah 43 said that God was going to make a way. God's going to make a way. There, there is a divine appointment. There's a divine place. There's a divine time. It's, it's, it's like we reach somewhere that is a threshold. It's an opening. It's a possibility. It's like a door that God sets. That's good right there. Thank you, God. And and so what happens is, there you go. What happens is that God, listen to me, God will order our steps. How many understand that and believe God will do that? God will order my steps and God will open doors for me. But I always choose, am I going to walk through that door or not? Are you with me? There are many doors that God has opened. To the prayers of his people. But for some reason. They didn't step through. See I believe today. Is that day God has put an open door for us. It's the place where I forget what's behind. So I can take hold of what's in front of me. Are you with me? God begins to do that. There there are doors. Now let let, let me explain something to you. I want you to see this. If, If you're ready. How many say it's awesome to have a new season? Amen. Great to have a new season. How many want everything God has in store for you? You'll say amen. All right. But he said, I have to forget the things that are behind me. I have to let go of some things. Now that door's going to want to close on me, but it's not going to close right now. So look at me. There are some things. Just a minute. I'll improvise. There are some things that God is telling you today that you're going to have to let go of. 
Because that door, that is open. The door is open. The door is open. God said, I'm going to open the door. Put Revelation 3 up here, 7 and 8. This is what God says. There's a place, Revelation 3, 7 and 8. There's a place, God says, I'm going to open the door for you. And people often say, well, God, if you open the door, what's the problem? What, what am I missing? Well, there's some things that I'm going to have to forget. There's some things I'm going to have to let go of. There's some things that just won't work. Come on, give me revelation. There you go. The angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Next verse. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door. God did it. That no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Do you hear that? Not about what you can do or I can do. God said, I open the door. He says, I know you have a little strength. You've kept my word, not denied my name. So you're ready. Hallelujah. God opened the door. Thank you, Jesus. January 1, 2023. I am going into the new season of my life. I just think, what's wrong? I got some things I'm going to have to let go of. Like I'm a control freak. I know nobody here has got that issue. I got to be in control. I got to call the shots. Put up Jeremiah 29, 11, but God says, I know the plans I have for you. Oh, no, 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 God. What about my plan? Well, uh, no, God said, I know the plans I have for you. So, so, so the deal is some of you sitting in this room and watching me online. Can I tell you the truth? You're stuck. You're stuck. You got an open door, but you're not going to go through because you got to be in control. You want your children to get saved. <laughs> and you wonder why they hadn't got saved. Because you hadn't put them in the hands of God yet. That's what's happening. So if I'm going to go through, I got to let go of my control. Let God have this thing. See, I, I've got to understand that, that I want to go through the, this next season. God bless me. God bless me. God give me my season. Oh, Lord, I'm thanking you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Hebrews 12.1 says... That there's some sins. <laughs> See, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, but, 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 but we need to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles me. But God, I don't want to let go of my sin. I just want to go into 2023. Gee, and he loves you too much to bring your sin into the new season. In fact, that thing that nobody knows about but you and him is going to keep you out of that house. Come on, don't shout me down. That disobedience, that rebellion, that thing that nobody sees. You know that thing you don't want anyone to know. Today, you're going to have to let go of that and repent of it and put it behind you if you're going in to the next season of your life. Anybody with me today? <laughs> you know, I, I, I can tell you, go to Ephesians 4.32. There are going to be times... Where you're ready to go in. Come on. How many want the new season? I want it. I want it. I want it. I want... What do you mean I got to forgive him? You mean I'm not getting through this thing if I'm not going to walk in forgiveness? Well, the word says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in 
Christ, God forgave you. And I'm going to tell you that unforgiveness is going to stop you. The doors open. Do you understand? We pray for open doors and God opens doors, but we can't get through them because we're carrying the baggage. My baggage won't fit in the door. My baggage will ruin me. And God says, I'm going to deal with you at the door until you let go of what's holding you back so you can get in and be everything that you're praying and asking me to do. It, I, I could give you so many things. Fear will keep you from going in. I don't know what's going to happen. What if we get COVID too? What if we get the inflation comes down? You know, what, what, what if, what if the person I don't like gets elected president? What if everything goes straight? I don't know what to do. I'm going to roll up and stay home and I'm going to just know. But what do we need to remember that God says, and all these things are more than conquerors. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let go of your fear and walk into what God has for you. How many understand? I got to let go of some things. I got to let go of some things if I'm going to see God do work. Let me kind of, I, I, I want to kind of wrap this up if I can. This door has got to stay open though. This is called an Arkansas door stop. There you go. You just create something. How many understand that? So, can I tell you something? The word says, he not only opens doors, he closes doors. Can I help you with something? The doors God closes may be a greater gift to you than the doors he opens. I'll say that again. The door he closes on some of the places in your life. May be a blessing to you that's greater than the doors that he opens for you. There's some doors that need to get closed. The good news is your past does not disqualify you. If you allow the Lord, your past can prepare you for the thing God's going to do. Listen, some people are just not intended to walk through this new season with you. They just weren't planned to go. And you know, you're holding them back here. You're saying, well, you know, why can't I get through? It's because Mary's there with you or Johnny's there with you or Leroy's there with you or Shanique was there with you. I, I don't know, you know, who it is, but somebody, you have to understand some people that you thought left you and you've been all sad about it. They weren't intended to go through your new season with you. It doesn't mean they're bad people. They just weren't intended for this. And if they weren't intended, you need to forget that. He said forgetting what's behind. The Greek word is stop giving attention to it. Stop nursing it. Stop feeding it. Some of you said, I've left them behind. I've gone on with God. Lord, I I left him behind. He's back there. But every day, you're searching their Facebook posts. Every day, you're nursing what you said you're forgetting. Every day, you're stalking. You're a digital stalker. And you wonder why you can't get through that. Listen, and then you do crazy stuff. You just got out of a bad relationship. So you rush right into another bad relationship to prove to that bad relationship that you got your act together. And so you just keep running through one bad relationship after another. Some people were never intended to go with you in this next place. Leave them there. Forget them there. Go on into the blessing of God in your life. They're kind of like those rocket boosters. 
You have the stages of a rocket. Have you ever seen that? Certain get them this far and they fall off. And then the next stage gets them that far and they fall off. Somebody was just intended to get you started, but they don't have the horsepower to get you into the next season. Let them go. We got to forget some things, but you need to remember some things because there've been some good people in your life. There've been some people that have gone to heaven that aren't in physically in your life today. But you know what? They made a deposit in you. And that's something I can remember when I start to go through this thing. When I get to this door and I need the courage to step in. What gives me the courage to let go and to take hold? I remember the faithfulness of God. Anybody remember the faithfulness of God? Why do we hold on to this junk? Why do we hold on to it? Why do we wrestle with it? Why do we struggle when the doors open right in front of us? Because it's our safety net. It's the familiar. It's the easy. It's the convenient. And we become so addicted to that that we don't have the faith to let go and step into this place. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a, it, 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 we, we have to change this narrative around. And we have to begin to realize that, that God is with us and God is for us. And we have to understand that every step I take moving to my new door, you with me? Every step I take going to this door that God has opened, I believe there's an open door for you today. How do I keep walking? How do I keep moving? How do I keep going when I've got to let go of some things that I've been holding on to? With every step, what am I doing? I'm testifying to myself. I'm saying to me, God's been faithful to me. Has God been faithful to anybody? And I say, if God brought me this far, come on. If God brought me this far, he didn't bring me here to leave me right here. He didn't do all that he's done for me to get stuck. He didn't answer my prayers and show up when everybody showed out. He didn't come and be faithful when everybody else was faithless. If God has brought me this far, are you with me? I believe he's going to help me get into the next season of my life. I want our, I want the, the guys to come help me. I want you to drop this door right down here on the front. I want you to listen to me. Go to, I, I'm, this is my last verses. Worship team. Isaiah 49 verses 8 and 9. Come on, somebody find Isaiah. It's God's day for you to step through the door. It's God's day for you to let go of some things that are behind you. How many are with me? Look at Isaiah 49. Don't look at them. Look at Isaiah 49 right now. They're pretty, but don't, don't look at them right now. Or their mother said they were. Isaiah 49. Look at verse 8 and 9. This is what the Lord says. How many know what the Lord says? Are you ready? In the time of my favor. This is his moment. He says I'm going to answer you. Are you with me? In the time of my favor I will answer you. The day of salvation I will help you. Are you with me? I will keep you. And will make you to be a covenant for the people. I will restore the land and reassign its desolate places. God is saying today he's going to do something for you. Today if you'll let go and take hold. He's going to restore some things in your life. Are you with me today? Then he says I'm going to say. Listen to this. Are you with me on verse 9? I'm going to say to the captives. Come out. I'm going to say to those in darkness. Be free. I want you to say right now, come out, say it. One, two, three, come out. I want you to say, be free. One, two, three, be free. 
What's about to happen? Look at verse number 24 and 25. Same chapter. Can plunder be taken from warriors? Strong people that had robbed you and held you back? Moments that ripped you off? Can plunder be taken from warriors? Are captives rescued from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from the warriors. Your prodigals are coming home. The things the devil stole from you are going to be restored. Plunder is going to be retrieved from the fierce. Addictions, losses, dysfunction, brokenness, isolation, rejection, lies. We're taking it back in the name of Jesus. We're going to let go of the things that are holding us back. I'm going to ask you today, is your unforgiveness worth the price you're paying? Is your bitterness worth the price you're paying? Is it is our revenge worth the price we're paying? Are people worth the price we're paying? It's time. God says, I'm going to set people free. I'm going to bring captives out. Then look at this. I will contend with those who contend with you. My God. God says, I'm going to show up like a big brother and grab the bully by the neck that has been wrecking and ruining and busting up your life. The addiction that can't get over. I'll never be different. Are you with me? God said, I'm going to contend with those. Who contend with you and your children, I'll save. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.